definitely agree with that. All right, we so all switch this. Yeah, man, let's switch it up, man. Let's go straight into the Nottingham situation. Please, no, but just update us with the new developments. Okay, so let me get the wonders of technology. Let me get it again. So we had a, a very unfortunate situation in Nottingham where there was a family just thinking about it three people three three people were killed in essence a mother and her two children were burnt to death in a flat in nottingham now the reports initially that came out um it, it, it didn't really give much detail all they said there was a you know there was an arson attack etc and this this Jamie Barrow had been um, arrested. Now, searching and speaking to people up there, you know, we got some we got some some blatant issues, which was um, not not highlighted at all in the article. Now, Rising Paradise to Fatima Darim Daramia and the one-year-old Naima and the and the other A child. I can't see her name. Now, <laughs> there's some kind of reports that there were some kind of disputes, neighbourly-wise. Now, I still haven't been able to ascertain how close he lived to these people. Did he live underneath them, next door to them, or what? But there was some kind of neighbour dispute. And this dude is clearly unbalanced, totally unbalanced, because he squirted an accelerant in a liquid format into her house and caused a fire and not only a fire it resulted in the death of three people two young children and the mother it's unforgivable you you cannot i don't even i can't even wrap my head around someone who thinks that is acceptable burning someone fire is nothing to be playing about with you know nothing to be playing about with so the he's now our latest updates is that he's pled guilty um but he's saying he's pleading guilty to setting the fire but not to uh to killing anybody no manslaughter he just wanted to burn the house down he didn't know anybody was in there this is this is the the the, the madness that this 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 wicked being is bringing forth there's no rhyme or reason why anybody should feel it is number one acceptable and number two that something bad's not going to happen if you put fire into somebody's house this person this being needs to be put underneath the damn jail there needs to be more reporting on this because i've been post because this is this is going back to november 2022 so i've been looking and trying to see exactly what's going on. Um, and I haven't found many updates. And then finally, we see something. Um, he's denying arson, which is connected, which doesn't make any sense. If you set a fire and something happens, then the cause of something happening is the fire. But all he's saying is, yeah, you know, just charge me for arson. I didn't kill anybody. There's no, there's no, 
Um, mention of mental health issues or worries in regards to this Jamie Barrow character. So what are we talking about? We're talking about someone trying to just clog up and hold up the system. It's going to trial. Uh, let's see when it's starting. 12th of June. This is... Uh, uh, words can't describe how I, I feel about this. Um, we, we, we can't allow this type of behaviour to fester. Of course, look, we know people don't like people. They can be racist, or, you know, xenophobic, whatever other label you want to put on there. We know people don't like people, but it's how, you, how do you deal with that? Why didn't they say, I'm going to move away from this, from this area or from this person, you know, and remove myself from the situation? If I feel that strongly, I, I need to move. But I think... <laughs> Clearly, race was was a, a, a huge factor in this. I think he thought to himself, if I burn her house down, she's got to move out. I can stay where I am. This is my place. Pure wickedness, Mark. What, 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 what are your thoughts? Every time I hear this story, it, it, makes, it makes my blood boil. It makes my blood boil, man. And the reason, the reason my blood boils so much when I hear this story is because this is a family that I'm struggling to understand what they could have said or done for someone to even do that. There's nothing no one could say or do for you to burn down a house with two children in it. I'm pretty sure whatever argument he had with the, 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 the sister, Whatever argument he had with her, that didn't involve the children. But we know that it was nothing that she said. We know that we know that this wasn't about no neighbor wars. We know that this is about race. That's what this is about. The mainstream media are scared to say that. They're scared to say that this is about race. And this is what I hate so much about the black British community. What I hate about us so much is that we put bullshit to the forefront. And Gozi Fulani, Meghan Markle, all these people that were running to the press about issues that are not really racial. They're not racial, but we give them so much airtime. They're getting interviewed, they're all over the papers talking about things that are not racial, that don't deserve so much press coverage. But a family like this gets burnt alive in their home due to a racial issue and people are not covering it in the real way. During that Ngozi Fulani situation, this was completely blacked out. This was completely ignored. Like even now, there's not too much people having dialogue about this. Like, I just don't understand how something like this happens and goes unpunished. Forget the system. Forget the system. Forget the system. How does this go unpunished? How does a man burn down a home with three black people in there, two are children, yeah. stolen this family 
stolen a brother's family away from him, killed them in the worst way. How does this go unpunished? How does this go unpunished? How? I don't understand it. I do not understand it. If I was not one of us, I would look at us as a joke. I'm being real. Because I, I, I'm struggling to see how this goes unpunished. I'm struggling to see how we are not even having serious dialogue about this. This man done this because those people was black. Okay, and I don't just say, I don't just, what people like to do now is make people feel guilty for calling out racism. I'll never feel guilty for that. I don't care how much trolls are out there, none of that. I'll never feel guilty for that. This was about race. This was a white supremacist, aerial brotherhood, Aryan brotherhood, that type of person. Mm. And he had no type of feeling or thought towards taking those three black, um, black lives. But because of the joke and the public perception of racism in today's world, people do real racist attacks and real racist issues, people don't want to cover in the real way, in the correct way. This was nothing more than a racial, a hate. This yeah. guy is a hateful, racist terrorist. Mm. This was an act of terrorism. That's what this was. Let's let's call let's call all the words that the media use. This was a hateful, racist terrorist who stole away those people's lives for nothing. There's nothing they could have said or done that warranted what he done. Now, what's happened has happened, as devastating as it may be. What happens now? What prison is my man going to? A man going to really allow a brother to enter a certain prison system knowing what he did and don't make things difficult for that guy. Like, this is crazy, man. Like, something, this is just horrible, man. It's horrific, and the system needs to get this one right. He needs a lot of time. He stole away three lives. There's no difference between what he did and what, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris Chris Watts did. There's no difference between what this guy did and what Chris Watts did. I want to see this guy. He needs to rot in jail. He needs to rot for what he did to that family. And this is why we have to be careful in what type of stories we are covering, because this story has gone unnoticed, completely, utterly. This has gone unnoticed, whereas. Ngozi Fulani, and I'm only continuing to bring up Ngozi Fulani because she was on the main, she was in the mainstream headlines, yes. whereas this story barely got local news. And if it was in the mainstream headlines, it went unnoticed. Noble, are you saying that? Very much so. Very much so. Now, yesterday, there was breaking news all over the damn television. Breaking news, breaking news. So-and-so has, has stepped down. Okay, so it's breaking news maybe for the first hour, but for the whole day, all we're talking about is this dude, Rab, is he's, he's leaving the thing and blah, blah, blah. Where was the breaking news to say that this wicked, as you say, so excellently says, hate crime dude, terrorist, hate monger, 
racist. Where was the breaking news? We, look, we cannot allow this to take place in our country of Great Britain. How can Britain be great when clearly the shame stream media are massaging, causing division separation for their own gains? and not truly reporting on the news that needs to be reported on. So these wicked racist demons can think, yeah, man, listen, we can bond down house, we can, we can steal people from this plane of existence, and it's going to go unnoticed. We might serve maybe, you know, six years or something, but our faces ain't going to be necessarily plastered all over television and stuff. It's going to be in local news. And maybe one or two people who know me locally and or know my family locally may have a little bit of problems. But outside of that, we've got carte blanche. And then the, the, those darkies, see those darkies, we can deal with them the way we want to deal with them because... 20, 30 years ago, they, they had a little bit more of a cohesive community where if we came in and did something like that, there would be repercussions and actions that would be taking place, sibling. But now in this, this, this age that we're in now where we don't have a, a cohesive community and this just goes outside of everything, like everyone is for, for Delph, they're for self. They shut the door and they don't care about nobody. As soon as that door is shut, it's, I'm in my, I'm comfortable now. I'm, I'm away from all the danger. I don't care about Steve over there. I, I don't care about Sally over there. I just care about myself. I hear the sirens going. I'm not checking for nobody. I'm giving away all of these jewels in regards to what we're doing. And I don't see color anymore. I've gone colorblind. So when I'm driving, I don't necessarily distinguish the red light from the green light because I don't even see colour anymore, which is really you know, those crazy statements. I don't see colour. Hear it all the time. Hear it all the time. <laughs> and, and, and what about this stupid one? I haven't got a racist bone in my body. That mis makes me laugh. If, if someone says that, I to me, you're racist because why would you even need to say that you don't have a racist bone in your body? And if we if we really look at it, I don't think there's a person on this plane of existence that outside of prejudging and having a prejudice against somebody, everybody has a form of racist tendencies. It's inherent based upon our environment, based upon the media. We all have these racist ideas and stereotypes. Let's not get it twisted. But the difference is, is how do you how do you deal with that? Because you can be racist in a negative sense, or you could be a racist, okay, and there's nothing wrong with what's wrong with loving who you are as a, as a, as a nationality or as a so-called race. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. The problem is, is, is when you're trying to kill people. When you're trying to stop people from getting gainful employment, when you're burning down people's houses, when you do, when you're attacking people, when you, you've got mobs of youths down, Stephen Lawrence rising paradise. We we can go on, we can go on, and we can go on. That's what the problem is. I don't have a problem with Asians having pride for their culture. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is is people stealing people's lives, and and us. As, as a community, have done nothing. You go search on YouTube now, who, as you say, who's, who's done the reactions? 
They have, they, we'll, we'll clip out this and throw it on YouTube. But when you really check it, you don't see none of the the the, the hierarchy of the social commentators, mm. the podcasts. When I say podcast, I'm talking the Black British space, the blogs. There hasn't been the correct coverage for such a, a despicable crime. That was, it's a hate crime. And even if, okay, if man ain't saying, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to do anything physically, which I understand, then why have we not put, even put more resources behind this? This has just gone unnoticed. And this family, when I look at the pictures, you know, it's hard because I understand why a lot of people would just, an individual, an individual will go through something like that. And when they see that the community hasn't really gotten behind them, that can kind of make just somebody say, I don't belong to any community because there's not much people that you could, there's not much houses in Britain that you could pour petrol into and set it alight that they would not be a community of people that are outraged by this. Because remember, this is a, a, a racist Aryan Brotherhood type character who's done this move. So it, we should be even covering this topic just to let other people know, yo, there is people that will take it there. Like, like we, we, it's so sad what Black Britain is today. I'm telling you, it's so sad because right now we're in a very, very interesting time in humanity especially in the west we're in a very interesting time there is so much things that could potentially unfold over the next 24 months and when i watch a lot of our content we ain't discussing none of this we ain't discussing none of we ain't having those conversations right now most jobs as you know it will be gone in five years yes most jobs, as you know it, and we're not having conversations about what direction are we going to go into? What direction do we send our youth into? We're not having these conversations. And it's quite sad because tomorrow is sad. I'm telling you tomorrow. We can't forget about individually. I'm talking on a collective level. Mm. And even forget about race. Just forget about race for a second. What? Why are we not looking at what tomorrow brings? What direction? People are not seeing the rollout of this AI. There's going to be no such thing as a journalist in a minute. There's going to be no such thing as a graphic designer. There's going to be no such thing as even down to your common telly sales, there'll be no such thing as. People are not understanding even, you know, when you go to like you go curries and you go to bring something back. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they have now a robot that can do that job. It hasn't been rolled out yet, but they've got a robot that can do that job. That can literally, and it don't get tired. It don't need to eat. It don't need to drink. It don't need lunch breaks. You have to say to yourself, why are we not discussing this? Every single podcast we go on, I go on to watch. It's nonsense. It's man 
V, woman, yes. and nonsense. There's no real conversations being had about stuff like this. Other communities are discussing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's sad times, and I believe that with this situation in Nottingham, that just proves our point that, you know, as a, you know, as media, the wrong stories are being covered because a story like this to me is probably one of the most horrific stories that have happened in, in, in Great Britain in a long time. And I think it was a hate crime, but because the media are under pressure, they own, they're only labeling certain things as racial. So that Ngozi Fulani situation, they'll label that as racial because the left can now see how much of a joke that is. And the left can start to say, or the right or whatever, whichever one, because I ain't a part of none of them, but they can start to turn around and say, the right, sorry, can say, how ridiculous is that? How ridiculous? Look at these people. Look at them complaining about this. Mm. Like, so when you go on to Rumble, because Rumble's a new platform that there's no censoring on there. And when Nothing. you go to Rumble and you watch, a, you watch a lot of the content on Rumble, you hear real opinions and the exactly. right wingers are saying that stuff like, yo, there was nothing racial about that. There was nothing racial about that. And when you check it, this situation, they would struggle to say there was nothing racial about that. But this isn't being pushed as a racial, as a hate, terrorist, racial crime. It's not being pushed as that. And I don't know why. And it's interesting. I'm just, when you, whilst you were speaking, I'm thinking to myself, well, what is the incentive? Like, why would these, you know, the, the, the main players in this space in Britain, why wouldn't they cover this? Is, is there, is there a, an agenda, <laughs> should we say? Because it doesn't, like, this is going to fall across your, your when it, especially when it happens, because a lot of people were sharing this. This would have come across your WhatsApp, your social medias. So you as a content creator, you've got a, especially the ones who call themselves quote unquote you like you know um journalists right you have a responsibility just you having a platform you've got a major responsibility now if you're just on there just for stupid shit then you the only responsibility you've got is to yourself because you're just providing stupid content right if you're saying you're serious and you want to have these real dialogues and stuff who's told you not to talk about this and if they haven't told you, then what made you not want to talk about this? Was this too sensitive of a topic? Hmm? Talking not, about... Hmm? No, it's not that. What it is, if you look at a content creator of all sizes, all levels, weigh up the two stories, so belly... No, not barely, because that was a horrible crime as well. But this situation in Nottingham, where a man goes, a white man sets a black woman's house alight with two children in it and ends up killing them. That's one story. The second story is somebody goes into the palace who's changed their name to Ngozi Fulani and then gets caught up in a back and forth with someone in the palace. Now, both stories could both, I mean, the Ngozi story potentially has got a racial element to it. But as a content creator, the Ngozi story is the safer bet for monetization, 
it's going to yeah. create more engagement yeah. and it's something that the, the these platforms youtube and um instagram for your reels and tiktok for your tiktok clips they're not going to censor that content whereas the situation in nottingham if you cover that topic they could say you're inciting racial hate mm. they could see that there could be people who can be angered by this can be triggered and that content will be shadow banned so you know when you say you'll type it in there'll be people who made content like that but it won't go up in the algorithm you see what i mean yes. these stories won't go viral but we yeah. as a community we're being if you look at black britain pick any of the stories it's other communities that can kind of make stories go viral in our world we're not using our influence and what i've come to check i've met other podcasters where they do this full time they don't have no other income so they all they do is do podcasts i remember i don't want to get too personal but a bigger platform uh, just put it like this a much bigger platform that I, privately i've got a relationship with an individual from a much bigger platform we put it like that that individual has a relationship with me as well privately but not publicly and that person's content that person's podcast had been banned you see what i mean they had like shadow banned him like he had gone down for a bit and i remember when he went down he was very very like worried how he was going to pay bills next month this is true stories and I remember talking and saying, yo, that's all you do. You don't do nothing else. Like, nah, that's it. Straight, just going hard doing that and make money off uh, Instagram, Facebook and all this stuff. Yeah. And the way how he was behaving, I was saying to myself, damn, this is actually a job for you. Yes. So, you see what I mean? So these guys are approaching content in yeah. a way like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if their thing go, if, if Express Truth was to go down, God forbid, my bills and everything get paid same way. And it's, Whereas, you see, Mark, yeah. you, you highlight, uh, it's, I'm glad you, you've laid that out because, uh, uh, and for the listeners, really just rewind that minute plus and really think about what Mark just said. And there's nothing wrong with it, but in essence, those content creators who are full-time and the only source of income is from Google, in essence, because that's who's paying the check, right? They have very limited parameters to provide, to create content, to be able to get into the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. So they're, they're manicuring the content to provide to you. So what's trending? Let's go into my, my studio. Let's type in, okay, these topics are trending. Let me go into the homepage. Okay, this is the content I'm creating. Whereas CFR Network, Express Truth, as the name, the last part of the, the name says, truth. What, what are we ultimately here to do? To have a dialogue? To highlight these things that people aren't necessarily talking about to have these conversations which are a little bit uncomfortable at times and why would we do that the whole reason to do that is to have a dialogue so people think and not just accept blindly information which is pumped out to them and so they can then make their own decisions themselves and form better opinions 
We're not beholden to Google. This is a passion. This is a no, this and, is and they, do, and they do pay. Don't get it twisted, Noble. Google pay. They do pay. Mm-hmm. They do pay. Like, don't follow what you see on YouTube. They do pay. And even if they don't pay you for your content, you can be involved in incentives where you make money and stuff. Like the YouTube Black program. That was like, no matter what no one wants to say, that program was very, very important for content creators, black content creators. And a lot of men who was in that, which we are in that ourselves, didn't want to leave it because a lot of money was being, well, not money, but there's a lot of incentives in it. Yes. Like, okay, jump on this. And you're probably saying to yourself, damn, I'll jump in that now. Boom, you, you're on this thing with all these top men at YouTube and all that. You see a man who do it full time mm-hmm. and they do not want to lose their monetization. Exactly. It's tricky. Is it? They don't want to lose it. And you mm-hmm. can't, you've got to be seen as a safe bet for an ad as well. A lot of people, you got to think, some guys will, like, the biggest example for me was the Mason Greenwood situation. That shows you who can talk and who can't talk. No matter what you believe or what your opinion is, a lot of people couldn't talk on that because that was like a word. If you put his name in your title, your content was going to be shadow banned almost immediately. Like that, that name alone could take your channel down. The wrong opinion on that situation could take your channel down for a certain level of channels. So a lot of people, they don't want no parts of that. And even if they do speak about that, they don't want to give their true thoughts because if they give their true thoughts, they're going to, you know, their fickle audience are going to disappear. And when you're paying your bills, you got to remember when a man is running a, a, because because nobody, it, it breaks my heart, you know, to see, to see how, 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 how much of a joke podcasting is being looked at now. Yeah. Like, it, it does break my heart, Noble, and I, and I think I speak for you too, because we've been doing this before it was popular to do this. And when I go on, like, like no matter how much I may disagree with a lot of stuff that this blog posts, the Shade Borough, they are ultimately leading the, the, the blog space. Mm-hmm. They're the number one, like, news blog amongst young black British people and they put a clip up noble yeah and this clip honestly it, it 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 bothered me a lot because I had to when something bothers me that much that I can't read the comments yeah or I begin to read the comments and I have to move on then you understand that it's a serious problem and yes. they put out a clip where they were they were speaking about like as like something about podcasting and in the comments everyone was like yo these podcasts Oh, they should. They need to stop. I think. I think the CIA put podcast mics in the hood, and oh, all these okay. podcasts, all these men talking about this. And I'm saying to myself, that's those mainstream podcasts. Mm. See what I'm saying? Then, as the week went on, they posted a next a next clip of their own podcast where a man and a girl was debating how much a man should spend on the first date. Oh so I was God. like. You were the same ones who were putting out this content that is not productive to anyone. This is why I said long time ago, this is 
podcasting is a skill. It's a talent. If you can't talk in real life, you can't talk and do no podcasts. But what people started to do is just start looking at how much money was being generated. If you look at, like, say, somebody like, say, um, Sideman. Okay, he's not a podcaster. He didn't start as a podcaster, but he's been able to buy himself a beautiful home. He makes good money every week. And I know Sideman, like, no Sideman. So when I say, like, know him, not like to say me and him's brethren's or nothing, but we're not enemies or nothing, but he deserves everything that comes his way. Put it like that. But what I'm saying is he makes a lot of money. So what happens is people are just looking at ways to make money, which is okay. But if you're not good at something, at least research what it is that you're doing. Understand a certain method of how to do it, the kind of equipment you're going to need, and then do it for yourself first. Let people hear it that are closest to you and then start taking it from there. But what's happening is people are just coming into this thing and saying, yo, Sideman makes money, ZZ makes money, which are one of a few that are actually doing this full time. They might listen to that Stephen guy who just talks all this big money talk. Not Stephen, our Stephen, that podcaster Stephen, the other podcaster Stephen. I forgot his name of his podcast, but you see these shows, True Geordie, this man, that man, or every man's making dough. And then a man will turn around and say, I'm going to, I can be like them. I'm yes. Gonna do this podcasting thing. And then they jump on it, they run and grab a mic, they run and grab whatever and start podcasting. And really, they are not, they haven't even done no research. And what's happening is, popularity is now carrying over into the pod, podcast space. So a yeah. lot of these bad bees who, you know, have come from taking pictures in Dubai to mm-hmm. now are on podcasts giving a point of view. So this is where the space is at now. And now it's being looked at as a joke. Yeah. It's being looked at as a joke. It's being looked at as like, you know, a joke. And Listen, it's sad. It's sad that it's got to this. When we first started this thing, you could not do nothing and be seen as credible if you didn't have any content, if you couldn't articulate yourself, if you couldn't bring bring two subjects together and have a cohesive, cohesive conversation and discussion and bring forth that content, you'd be laughed at. You'd, you'd, you'd quickly, in, in the space when it was called internet radio, right, you would have probably three shows and you would know after the third show or even the second show, yo, this isn't for me still. <laughs> We can't do this pass, you know, we can't um, get to the levels that these people that we've been listening to. Because this is this is the difference. The content that we were consuming, and it can still consume, they're obviously not as big as this modern space of podcasters, but they produce excellent, scholastic, depending on what field you're looking at, content, real content that you can go back and, and research, you can go back and listen to with a little bit of laughter in there occasionally, depending on what kind of, what you want to get from that podcast. Now it's just all about the feeling, man. It's all about the the visuals. As you say with the bad bees, oh, it's the, yeah, man, you get a ting and she's, she's got a cleavage out. She's got some tight stuff. I've got to watch that. And all they're hearing is Charlie Brown's teacher. Wow, 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 wow. 
They're not really listening to nothing. They're just watching, drooling, fantasizing. You know what I mean? And then we get onto this male-female dynamic versus, like, what? First, who pays for the first date? What are you flipping talking about? <laughs> if it's a real man and a real woman, that's not even in the in the equation. The woman doesn't shouldn't even need to ask, huh? What are we talking about? And then, oh, you, you you're taking me here. I want to go to this place. The world has gone upside down, and we've got people like we could do the same thing. And many people have said, "Oh, why don't you do this, noble?" I'm like, but why? Why would I? Why should I compromise? my integrity, what I want to bring forth in regards to content, just so I can come out of this shadow ban realm. Well, why should I do that? Why, do, why don't you share up the thing more? <laughs> you know what I mean? And pass it to the people who could really do with this information. Rather than the messages saying, yo, this is dope, man. You man should have a lot more followers and this and that. You man should be clean, a million this and that. Okay, well, how do we get to that point? We don't get to that point with you just sending us DMs and voice notes and that kind of stuff. It, it, it goes by you liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing through your own little eco, ecosystem. And all it takes is for one of your bridging and to then forward it onto somebody else who's who's got a little bit more pull. Then you see a thousand subs in, in, in a couple of days and stuff. Rather than people parlaying their rap careers or their IG careers or their fuckery, <laughs> you know what I mean? Into, yeah, man, I'm podcasting now still. You know what I mean? Blood, car, you know, man's out here still, cuz. Okay, that's cool. That's cool to use some language here and there, but where's the intelligent conversation? No disrespect for people who talk that way all the time but as we already don't know there is a time and a place in it so if just like when i'm interviewing guests some sometimes i'm very just you know what i mean very you know uh, just just straight to the facts you know not too much humor because i'm i'm bouncing off the guests if the guest wants to take it slanguage we will do slanguage if the, if the guest wants to just keep it in a, a scientific or a, a theological sort of basis, we'll, we'll keep it there and we'll just stick to the script. We have to have variety as people. We can't just be one monolith. All I can do is talk roads. You know what I mean? Because that's the type yeah? of content that would get the clicks. i tell you what it was, Noble, and I'm so glad that the it's transitioning now. But at one point, to jump a lot of the podcasts, it had to be like an ex-roadman or something who was always telling stories of the road. But that kind of style is washed up now. It's washed up. No one cares about them old dead stories about dead road. No one cares about them. St- no one cares about that. We, okay, once or twice, cool. But people don't want to constantly be hearing about road and all these things. And at the end of the day, a podcast is entertainment. So entertainment is the first reason people listen to podcasts. You do have targeted podcasts like you could have a podcast that's just about like some sort of what technology or some kind of yeah. specialist area. But when you're dealing with like society and mm, popular culture. culture and trending mm. news, 
it is entertainment, so there has to be an entertainment aspect to it. But what happened is when on the seesaw, the entertainment took precedence over everything else. Now, yeah. I get it because I listen to podcasts and entertainment is the first thing. But after that, we need some sort of substance. There's got to be some kind of substance or some kind of passion in what you're doing. You can watch a podcast, you know, and know if there's passion in it or not. Mm. You can look at it or you can just look at it and know there's no passion in that. That's just about someone's just trying to to jump on a hype, jump on a wave. People have the people know when it's not sincere. And a lot of people, they've got nowhere else to go. They can't they can't be a rapper, they can't be a bad man no more. They can't be, you know, they can't go into the normal working world or whatever. So it's like, oh, let's do a podcast. But eventually this space, this hype will slow down too. This space will slow down. And what will be left is the people that were here before it started. Yes. What I'm saying. And that's the facts because this is something that I've been doing realistically from the age of 16. I've been doing this. I started off by making, we were talking about it the other day. I started off yeah. by making DVDs. If you're from Brom and you're from my era, then enough man will know I started from making DVDs, interviewing man that rap. That was what you call a visual podcast back then. Then it moved from the DVDs and boom, boom. And then eventually the internet is what it is now where you can stream out in 1080p, 4K, all of that. Technology's moved on. But we advanced with it. Yes. A lot of people are just jumping on this because it's a money thing. And that's why the certain topics are not being covered, like that incident in Nottingham. That's not being covered. Reason why that's not being covered is because people are, you know, people are in other sponsors' pockets. Yeah. So if they ain't got a sponsor, they can't even record their podcast. If Roll ain't sending that equipment, Big up road, by the way. But if road ain't sending that equipment, mans can't yeah. do that podcast. Mans ain't built for doing podcasts, so they're just jumping on hype. It's just yeah. hype. And then event. So while it is, is they weigh up stories. And Gozi Fulani or the situation in Nottingham. Ah, uh, the situation in Nottingham. I'm not going to be able to make ad revenue from that. The, si- the situation in Nottingham. I'm not going to be able to. Um... Sorry, a second there, people. Yeah, yeah. Jump over there one set no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 tricky. It's tricky to say the least. Because from a from a monetary aspect, as Mark's saying, it's people are just seeing this as a as a revenue stream. So you've you've really gotta personally. I am very careful of the content which I consume. Uh, when I want to look into. You know, when I want to relax from, you know, consuming like real content and edutainment, and I just want to get down to the Negro them. Of course, you know, you get the giggles and the profanity and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's cool once in a while, but it would be like watching just pure horror movies. That's all the genre you watch. I, nah, I don't watch love song, love movies. I don't watch action. All I want to see is blood guts and gore like how long is that gonna last and then and then again what is that doing to you watching death and destruction and torture and all kind of different things we have to be 
very selective. And I know our minds have quite, you know, short attention span these days, etc. But think about what, what's happening. You're consuming hours and hours and hours of TikTok, boob tube, and all that, the rest of it, Insta. Then, yes. And it's programming. But it's programming what it's doing. Outside of ruining the game, it's programming your brain. Whatever it comes in, it's going to come out, right? If you're just listening to fuckery, BBLs, man versus woman, flipping, roting, prison life stories, and all this kind of stupid... What, what, what is, stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, listen, all praise to the Most High. All praise to the Most High. I have never been in a penitentiary. Never. I got caught up. I won't get it twisted. I got caught up, but I never had more than 24 hours in one of those kind of places. Yeah, and never mind going on remand and all that business. Now there's some people who have had to go down those routes and they've had to learn those lessons. And try, and, and for some, they learnt the lessons early enough to enable them to be in the position they are today. We've got so many people who it's like, it's nothing, it's a badge of honour. It's it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going on holiday still, man. I'm just sitting down for a bit. Sitting down, are you not? You're going to be in a damn prison cell? What are you talking about sitting down? Your liberties are taken from you. You're putting things up your rectum and all kind of stuff to smuggle things in. What are we talking about, man? That ain't cool. I ain't going to glorify that lifestyle. I'm not like, with it. Grow, growing up, if you think about it, yeah, and this is why I say, like, a lot of, especially black, young black boys from a certain demographic, you can kind of be, you can be tricked into believing that negativity is actually positivity. Trust me, and don't think I ain't been a victim of this myself. I remember when we was younger and you'd have bedrooms like when you was a teenager and they might go and do a year. And when they came out, they made it sound like it was this, you know, like it was almost like... How did they count? Yeah, like, yo, yeah, I was in there just doing my thing and Bear Gallo used to come and visit me. And, and I'd be sometimes saying to myself, how are you telling a man who's been out here free can get up at 1am in the morning and go and have a cold drink, can get up at 2am and go and have a cold shower, can do whatever he wants. How are you selling prison to me? But a lot of men got, you know, they got tricked into thinking that you needed to, like I remember the days of men even saying like, my man ain't on nothing, man. The man, is, the man ain't on nothing, man. He's a, he's a college boy or rare, rare. This was almost like an insult. Yeah. Like yeah. imagine inst- like it, this is but these are the things that was seen as positive. So it was difficult for a man to kind of almost navigate himself away mm-hmm. from that way of of doing things. It was very difficult to navigate himself away from that because that's what's the that's what's the cool thing to do. Having yes. a girl on your line, that's the cool thing to do. <laughs> that's the cool thing to do you know smoking bud that's the cool thing to do shutting bud yeah. that's mm. the cool thing to do having beefs that's mm. the cool thing to do mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying in a certain demographic and if you fall into that demographic and you're rolling with a certain group of people that, that I feel sorry for some man because their mind's been programmed in a way that they don't know outside of that programming and this is real sad. There's a whole nother world outside of that ignorant stuff. 
there's a whole other world. The, the world's huge. The world's small, but the world's huge at the same time. And there's yes. a whole different world. There's a whole different complete universe of opportunity and different things if you just change the way you think. Yes. You get what I mean? And the galleys thing can't really work at all, really, in today's world. It can't work. So while it is a lot of men have fell victim to the galleys thing, where they've put themselves in certain long-term issues, man have fell victim to the tough bad man thing. I remember the days of the gang stuff in Brom. Mm. And, like, I remember seeing, like, older women, like, like my aunties and them's age, threatening other people, other community people with, like, nephews that were a part of gangs. And oh, my God, yes. I'm telling Which you, is... this, that's when we went, full, we went full retard in them days. I remember hearing an elder auntie saying, yo, my nephew rolls with this and rolls with that, and yeah. I don't want to have to even call him and rare, rare, rare. And I'm thinking to myself, do you know who said it to me? But I'm thinking to mm. myself, damn. And I remember when a lot of these like murders would happen in Brom and like the news, every time someone got murdered, the news would always make up like it was like this angel who weren't involved yeah. in nothing and rare, rare, rare. Yeah. And then yeah. what would happen is when these murders were happening, people were, most people were terrified. And I remember mm. thinking to myself, yo, ain't there nobody who's going to just wild out if they like how is certain men getting drew into yeah. the thing and they're not moving mad and just going on a rampage i just couldn't believe this was going on it went on for too long way too long it went way on too long. long it went on it, it completely mashed up so many people it ruined so much opportunities you think about it now if we talk in birmingham yeah who really benefits off the culture here who what podcast, what music channel, what, who benefits off a black culture in Brom to where they're like long-term eating? I don't want to hear about no artists or nothing like that. Who long-term benefits off the culture? When you think about the biggest music channel, it's not a black music channel. When you think about the biggest videographers, they're not black. When you think about the biggest people that make certain connections with the city, they're not black. And the reason for that people is because we were too busy engaged in the gang activity. And even if you was not involved in the gangs, if you came from a certain area, you didn't want to link and do no business with a man over there. Because if yeah. people from your end seen you with that mm. man, they'd start calling you a con. A con. That's what the Erdington man called. They'd call it a con. <laughs> so because you're a conspirer or whatever the word was. Serious? I swear down in Erdington, listen. I made a DVD when I was 16. This DVD was called UK Movements. Yeah, it had everyone on there. There was a group called B6 Slash, who were okay. like representatives yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Johnson crew. Then you had the Blood Brothers, who were, who were representatives of the Burger Bar right. crew. You also had Crazy Titch was on the DVD. You had, um, who else? Crazy Titch was on there. Uh, Roll Deep. Everyone in Roll Deep but Wiley. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? There was a load of people on there. I can't even remember. Lady Leisha was on there. There was a load of people on there. But I was having problems in Erdington because man was saying that I was rolling with burgers. 
Because remember, Erdington was like a Johnson place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what well, it was is, man, were like, yo, you rolling me burgers, even though I had bare burger cousins. Mm. But man's were like, oh, you rolling burgers? I'm like, I'm not. I'm trying to put a light on the city. London, mm. London, they would, when, when I remember I knew this girl in, in um, Slough. The girl lived in Slough. So when I used to go Slough, she used to play DVDs of London artists. And I remember she was playing this DVD of Bashy. Okay, yes, yes. Bashy, and I remember saying, yo, these men, these men are building a whole scene down here. Exactly. Like Brum, we need to get it popping in Brum. But what it was in Brum is when, when I had put together the DVD and I had started to sell the DVD and it was doing well, then you'd have man in Erdington saying, is a burger. The man in Handsworth was saying, is a Johnson. Oh. So in my head, it, towards the end of it, I just said, you know what? This is long. The city yeah, will never yeah. go nowhere. I'm not doing this no more. And I jumped off it and said, I ain't doing this no more and just left it alone for years. But you got to think how much people walked away from things they wanted to do and stuff yes. on that gang activity. Now, when we were walking away, you had a white boy or an Asian boy or whoever from his part of Brum saying, yo, I'll do this. These men can't seem to can't seem to network and get on. I'll do this. And that's when yeah. you had brothers like P110 who were able to film men from Hansworth, Aston, Newtown, Erdington, everywhere. And nobody would be like, yo, them man there are burgers or nothing because he was white. So no one would care. And them man of now doing that full time, all praises, you know, thank God that he's given them man an avenue to eat. But I'm just saying, them man there were able to create their whole life and build wealth and create, you know, may, have made money and been able to leave work because we could not get it right. And we allowed those gangs to ruin the community, which is why, and I got, trust me, I got family members who, sitting down in prison now doing life i got family members that are dead based off of that war and what i'm gonna say is this that war ruined probably two generations in brum trust yeah. me it yeah. ruined probably two generations in brum and nobody likes to talk about it and you know people pe no one likes to talk about it and people don't like to really go against anything against that era but that's why i don't respect any gang or any gang member, because that ruined this city. That ruined this city. It mashed it up, especially. Last thing I'll say, no, when I pass you back the uh, the mic, when Triller was bubbling. Look when Triller was, but look how much war people was bringing to him. In terms of, it was jealousy. It was jealousy. So sometimes when I'm telling my stories and I'm talking about Brom, and I'll be, I know I use the word bad mind a lot, and people be like, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. Yeah, it was. Because anyone who was popping a little bit got torn down. Anyone who was popping a little bit, anyone who built a little bit of a name for themselves, they got torn down. They got torn down. And that gang era done that to the city. That gang era did that to the city. And bare other people benefited off the scene besides us. Noble, come to you. Yeah, man. <laughs> totally, totally agree. Luckily... <clears throat> Because of our slight age difference, I did. I'm only not of recent really getting to understand the full effects. Because I didn't even appreciate say how like, like people, obviously my junior, were saying they couldn't come, they couldn't leave Newtown, for instance, and and go to to Greens 
even though Greens was a... And I didn't even know this. Me living in Greens, I didn't know Greens was like a neutral ground. I didn't know none of this shit. I knew the sides where they were rolling, Johns and Vs, etc. I knew there. I knew the, the inception from Inchai, etc. But I didn't know... And I knew the badness, I'd get the calls, yo, duh, duh, duh. I'd see the cars razzing, doing all kind of different things, seeing people, yo, we've seen so-and-so, duh. But, as I say, I didn't understand the real, real impact of your generation, the generation below you. And let's take it even further, it's more than two generations, Mark, because look at what they've spawned. Look at what that has spawned. Yeah. Ra- Raiders, what was it? G- GMG. Now you got all ca- AR. Was it uh, five, AR? Um, two one two five one five. All these gangs now. The fold six three killers. You got listen. It's moved from Central Brom. Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. Third in turn. Twenty three killers. And I know all their bigger brothers. It's crazy, man. Man's in Woodgate repping, frankly, in Northfield. It's it's every flipping way. And it's the thing that, like, because initially, Man of Man was on that money thing, innit? And I'd see Man's, I'd be like, rah, okay, you're flashing that new Avrex. Okay, yeah, yeah, mine's coming soon still. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You've obviously, yeah, yeah, I just did a couple licks, da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, man, I've got to get my weight up because it takes me a little bit of time to save my Fed to get one of them things. But yeah, man, oh, oh you know what I mean? You're doing your thing still. And then I'm hearing that, oh, my man licked down this, my man dashed so and so out a window, this and that, my man's clap. I'm like, what? I, and I'm talking to Man's, I'm saying, yo, what's, what, what's, what? How come you men, we all went to school together and thing? How come, what's going on? Ah, because he's on the other side. So yeah, okay, I get that. But aren't you men just, just like, just like clowning in essence? You're flipping, right? So what, why is there, why is there beef and violence? Is it jealous? Is it the green-eyed monster coming out? Kind of, nah, nah, no, we don't drop it like the bomb. Like, come on, man. We're all, we all look, we all grew up together. We all look the same. We all have very similar experiences. And ultimately, you want nice things, I want nice things, but I'm not going to see you and say, yo, run that, boss, run it. I want all of that. I'm going to say, yo, Bridgen, how are you getting that? Link me with your Bridgen, man. Let's, let's, let's make a cooperative, man, so we can all eat more. That's the vibe I've always been on, so I couldn't get it into my head how these mans are just, but speaking to, again, speaking now, and now they can realise I'm like, yo, so what What spurred you to do that there? And you know what, Mark? You know what the, one of the main things people talk about? Remember remember, remember when, not even Boys in the Hood, remember Menace to Society? Remember when that shit dropped? I weren't really that active, but around okay. that time, but yeah, I know, the film, I know the movie, but I don't remember the yeah. cultural impact. The cultural impact of that is nobody was Kane. Everybody was old dog. There was a million old dogs running around Bromner with that mentality. Because think about it, we're all, we're all very young teenagers, some preteens. We all look to America, our siblings over in America across the pond, right? For the cultural connection and to see what's popping. We look to, to Jamaica as well, if we're on the reggae, roots, dancehall kind of vibe. So we're looking at that, and that was a major impact. That That's when, to me, that's when I started to see the the the, the indiscriminate clapping. 
man, a man just drawing thing out for no damn reason. Like, come on, man. One, one bit that you missed as well, Noble. Let me jump in here. Sorry to cut you off. One bit that you missed. These man, it was a dangerous time because I remember, yeah, as a youngster, I remember, because I went through my phase, you know, thinking I was a bad man, you know. Looking back at it now, I was just an absolute idiot. But I went through a stage of thinking I was a G. And I remember one time, yeah, a Johnny brother, I'm just going to put it like that. He's doing live now, so I could easily say his name. But he was, this is the worst. Trust me, this brother, whoever's a, whoever's a up of his, needs to be thankful that he's locked up for life. Because I remember, yeah, he was riding with one of my cousins, older cousins, who was named Bran as well at the time. And he was smoking crack in his spliffs, fam. He was smoking crack in his spliffs. I seen him my, with my own eyes put crack in his spliff. And my cousin used to use him for certain mad moves. Because when you, when you brought him about, They'd use him to just do certain mad moves. And I remember saying to myself, yeah, man, that guy is a million percent either going to kill somebody or someone's going to kill him. He was that reckless. And when a man's born, born in a crack spliff, you know, so you got to remember what kind of, he ain't even himself. No. You got to think a man's blazing a crack spliff and on madness, and he didn't even care about gangs or nothing. He just, you know when the Joker said, there's people in this world that just want to see the world burn. They don't have no purpose. Yeah. He was a real-life schizo paranoid schizophrenic dude that was going on moves. And he just used to let that, he just used to let, he just used to bark. Trust me, for the slightest of things, he just used to bark, and I remember... One move got him put behind the metal bars for life. But I remember saying, yo, that dude's dangerous. I remember when DMX come to Aston. DMX came to Aston and we went backstage and all that. And I remember seeing my man backstage. And the DMX thing and the way how them kind of Yankees were moving around him, you could tell that he was just a different kind of brother. Like, he was a nutter. Yeah. And I remember thinking, a man like that is mentally ill. Mm. he's not actually bad he's mentally ill and if that mental illness is not nipped in the bud or at least put on the management then he is going to try and he's going to wreak havoc and you know luckily you know he did go away it was a murder but he weren't the trigger man of the murder but he ended up going away you see what I'm saying for life and I remember just thinking, yo, and to this day, like, when you hear certain men talk about him, they talk about him, like, on legend status, like, they talk about him, like, almost, like, an Alpo or something like that. And in my we head, like, my man's story ended horribly. How, like, everything about his life, it all ended horribly. And man in Erdington almost wanted to give his brother a statue. So in my head, I was like, yo... <sighs> In my head, I'm like, yo, I need to just get up out of here because mm. this dude, like, a rating, like, an absolute paranoid, schizophrenic dude yeah. that wants to see the world burn. Mm. And that's it. He just wanted to see the world burn. And that era, 
ruined a lot of there's a lot of people that should be doing different things right now there's a lot of people that should be much further in whatever their respective businesses or whatever who are not because a lot of people didn't want no problems or they didn't want to be in the line of fire in that world i remember when we first started doing the podcasting thing and you know man that was on the back end of the gun thing and i remember saying yo i don't care what none of them man are saying it's whatever i'm not going i'm not leaving something else i'm not moving out of something else based on them so it's whatever they want to do they're not pulling man out of nothing else and i don't care how much of them get into the space and talk that tough talk the only reason i didn't really engage full on with them man in erd days is because i didn't want to go prison mm. but when i did engage with man I did my thing, man. No one was taking the no one was violating your mad. In terms of as an innocent man who's not involved in nothing. If you're involved in something, then you deserve everything combo. You weren't gonna be bullying man for no reason. And that a lot of man's bikes got robbed, phones got robbed, all because the only targets, just hear what I'm saying. The only targets of crime from them gangs was black people. Exactly, Mark. That was it. This How can we break anything like that? You can't. You can't. And people kind of really think about that. They've got all of this bravado for people who look just like us, who are in exactly the same situation as us, who live amongst us. But yet we're going to terrorize the whole neighborhood, not protect it, not pro- not do your thing, and not allow anything crazy to go on in there. No, I'm not, not going to do that. We're just going to make money. And if we feel like seeing you on, on the road and we like that jacket, you're going to run that and we're going to take your money. We'll probably even put you in the boot, take you back to your house and we'll take everything because we know that you're, you know, we, we can see you shining there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we'll even slang things for you for six months, let you bubble up, let you accumulate some, and then we're going we're gonna to start eating off you. Rather than going to, you know, historically, I know Bridgerins who used to do illegal activities, but it would never be in our community, sibling. They're going, they're going to other nations' places. They're going to corporations and stuff. Yeah. They ain't harming some, some little Mr. Singh at the damn, you know what I mean, the supermarket. They're not going to the, 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 the food place and batting up everyone in there, pushing past all the people who are waiting for their damn food. Yeah, man, get me this, man. I'm, on, I'm in a rush still. No, no, no. There's none of that. Man's doing their thing and not impacting other people and keeping it on the under. So names aren't ringing on road. Oh, you know why man's got X amount of bodies? Man's stupid how many people. There's none of that business. Man's just doing their thing, you know. And luckily, they, they stayed out of the, of the lanes and, and, and the law. And now they've transitioned out of the fuckery because it was, this is seasons and reasons and times, right? Everything has its season. But it's like these people want to just extend the season for their whole life. We got to grow out of this shit, man. This is childish. Go rub these mans who are done at, at, on Cornwall Row. With their big briefcases and shit, who got money? What, huh? You That's what I'm quite spiritual as well, Noble. I tell you why I'm quite spiritual because when I say quite spiritual, like, because in growing up, and this is the realest, this is the realest thing I'm going to say on this whole stream. 
and I want to try and word it the right way, but when I was growing up seeing all of this stuff, yeah, like hate people hating on other people and man like physically doing harm to other people and all of the jealousy and envy and grudges and gang stuff that went on. And I came through all of that unscathed, like no criminal records, no, but you know, I got no scars on my body, you know, God forbid. I came out of it unscathed in terms of like, I never ended up losing anything or going down a certain path or being traumatized that I couldn't move on from. None of that. And I believe that I got to that level. I got through all of that based on like my grandmother's prayers and, you know, my mom's prayers and the good people that were in my life. I think they put like a, a force feel around me. I swear down, that's how I feel because a lot of things that happen in school and a lot of men didn't bounce back from them things. So sometimes when I look and say, damn, you know, it was like almost a force field was around, man. And all them guys, when you look at them now and you look back, you just, you can realize how dumb that era was, how stupid it was, how non-productive it was. And when you look at most of the people from that era, they're not in the hills of Sutton Coalfield, not in the hills of Sully Hall. Most of them are drugged off it. Most, some are dead, some are in prison. The ones that are still on road are now telling other people not to do that. And I don't believe a lot of it's sincere too. I'm not saying all of them, but I think a lot of it isn't sincere. I think a lot of it is because you can't be bad no more. Do you know what I mean? I'm being real. Yeah. And that was an era that was very destructive to the community. There was no order. How can you only target those people that look like you? And even when I did go through my little stage of thinking I was a G, I was never a G, but thinking I was a G, I couldn't, I couldn't do certain things, Noble. Like I've never been able to sell cocaine, crack, heroin. I've never anything around them, them drugs, it always goes wrong. Always. I've never been able to hustle none of those drugs because those drugs are demonic, man. Probably take cocaine out of it, but the other two are demonic. And with coke, it turns people demonic, like the people involved in it. So the people that sell it, the people that, it, it just, it makes people not be themselves. It makes people want to do, want to stab their friend in the back. So there's always been things I couldn't do. And I've never been able to, you know, like imagine like, imagine a lot of these men would come down to an area and only rob black people, only rob young black boys. Mm. Nobody else, not one other soul would only, just think how they sound. Imagine a Pakistani Muslim going to an area and only inflicting trauma on other Pakistani Muslims. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen, but that was allowed to go on in Birmingham for a long time, where people would come. I remember seeing a brother get his bike stole, it turned him savage. He got his bike robbed. And when he got home, how his mom responded to him getting his bike robbed, turned him into a savage. And that was sad because that was a good guy. So I can see the side of it where a lot of men got forced into being bad people, because a lot of men did. There was a lot of people who they'd be on the bus, get robbed on the bus, and that would turn them into, they didn't want to ever go through that again of being robbed or yeah. being, so they would now turn into 
a fake tough guy. And to be a fake tough guy, you have to show that you'll do madness. So you've seen a lot of men who would who would bark for no reason. You'd see a lot of men that was carrying knife for no reason. You'd see men who was on smoke for no reason. But they were forced into that. They were forced into that position. They were forced into that position. You were forced to have to have beefs. Like, you know, some beefs would go off and you'd have to move a certain way. And that went on for a long time in Brom. So I remember when I done my DVD, I, when I finished that DVD, I think I just went to New York. I think that's the time I went to New York for, for quite a long time after that. Because when I seen how man was moving and I had got into one particular fight in um, the Palisades car park, I got into a little bit of a fight over that thing. And I remember just saying to myself, yo, this is long, but when I eventually seen how the, when you look at how the scene is now, this, and I'm only talking about Brom for right now. The reason why the scene is why it is now and no one, we just stay in front of the camera. See what I'm saying? The reason for that is because a white boy or an Asian boy could pick up a camera, pick up a mic, whatever, be a management, do whatever, and they would not have issues. You see what I'm saying? But the self there's a lot of self-hating People, I remember, I want to big up this brother as well. There's a brother called Jamie Dredd. He's from Wolverhampton. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Jamie Dredd. This Jamie Dredd guy, yeah, I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm tell you right now. Is it Austin now, right? He lives in Texas now. Yeah, Austin. Oh, is that? Yeah, Austin, Texas. He yeah, lives in yeah. Texas now. Now, Jamie Dredd. One time he bought me and Stephen when we this is back in the day, he brought us. He was doing a um. He had brought down. He he was booking a venue. We went. He invited us to the venue and it was Naughty Boy. You know Naughty Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Adele's producer, and he had a relationship with Naughty Boy, so we went down there VIP, all of that. And then Jamie Dread, he had a plan for Birmingham Grime. When I tell you this guy was a was new management inside out, he knew everything. Yeah, management. He was he was one of the most organized people I had met because I was a manager at one point, you know. But that's a different story. He was a manager. He had people like Safwan. Um, I believe he had Deadly as well. He had uh, Stay Fresh, the crew. You know that, that tune, the woo rhythm? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He managed the boy who produced that beat. That boy is now a producer for KSI. Uh. That boy, name's SX, yes. He was the one who bossed SX. Now, as a manager, yeah, these guys would not understand management. They didn't even want to hear him out. They wouldn't let him do what he needed to do to grow the scene. Mm. Because they didn't respect their own. But yeah. Mans who didn't look like us. And I'm not mm. saying none of them artists are named, you know. I'm not talking about them. I'm just talking about the bigger picture. Yeah. People didn't respect a black management guy like that. To where he's he's had to move. He's moved. He lives in Texas now. But mm. I'm saying like a white boy who was doing what he did, they'd allow him to do it. And of he goes here. And this is the problem that we had in this city. So when people keep hearing me talking about 
bad mind and where I feel like you weren't allowed to develop into nothing because of the ignorance that was in people's head at the time. So if you look at someone like Scar City, yeah, and obviously man ain't got no drama with Scar City or none of that. You see what I mean? That's all dead in the water, but he's able to grow a channel predominantly back in those days off of covering black crime. And he's able to cover black crime without no type of repercussions, nothing back then. Cause he's a, don't get it twisted. We're not saying anything negative about against Scar City because he's very good at what he does, but he didn't have any drama in doing what he did. You take a black boy and get him to cover crime in the community. He ain't going to do it for more than a year because those same perpetrators are going to, they're going to make him a target. They're going to make his life difficult. I remember when I'd go like certain restaurants with girls and stuff and I'd have to be careful. Like I wonder if, like I see a man, if he's looking too long, I say, I wonder if my man don't think I'm a Johnny or thinks I'm a burger or I got my eye on him now. You get what I'm saying? He probably don't even know me. Yeah. But that type of paranoia you do not want to live with. So that's why Northman just ducks. I am forget this. It's long. Mm. See what I'm saying? Like, even if you look at, um, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff that I couldn't even say that has happened where there's like footballers that have been close to them, man. Look when Darius Darius Vassell, we can name other ballers. Like, it's just, it was just a toxic time and I'm just so glad it's over. Now, the thing about the younger guys, what I'll say about them, these younger guys, is that the war amongst these new gangs in Brom is internal. They are not going to bother you, Noble. They are not going to bother me because we're not involved. Whereas mm -hmm. back in them days, they yeah, would yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. me or you would involve and eat because they wouldn't war with each other. They'd war everyone in between. Yeah. Whereas these new youths, it's straight about who they are at war with. That's all it's about. If you look at these new gangs, it's about we got beef with that crew over there. Yeah. Beef with them, no one else. So a lot of these new guys that are emerging now, I don't know them because they're not infamous. They just do their thing. Mm -hmm. Whoever they got beef with, they got beef with that person. Whereas in our day, I remember seeing, man, I remember, I remember seeing two men, the head, the, the, a name brand man from one gang, a name brand man from another gang, see each other on site and just a few words. You know what the brother actually said? Don't let me catch you slipping and walk away. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's slipping right now. Put that twerk in there. And it's... I'm like, he's slipping right now, but if that, but instead, if that was like a man from the end, the sin him, the beating mm. him up, for each other, they'd always give hall passes. These are facts. These are facts. And then remember, after the fact, there was barely cool things that were coming out. Boom. Oh, my man's gay. Boom. Oh, my man's gay. You see what I'm trying to say? And then eventually it just fizzled out. Mm. Fizzled out. You get what I'm saying? It just fizzled yeah. out. That's why enough of the you could say, quote-unquote, scene, don't really rate, because we go against all of that stuff in it. We don't really celebrate road like that, because even if you look at the Tanaya Sam interview, 
that there was no celebration of the road. No, no. Really focused on how if you notice if you go back to that interview and listen, man were just talking about how lost he was in them days and mm. when he found himself in A, B, or C. But a lot a lot of other man interview man from a legend standpoint. <laughs> like, yo, you're a legend out here on these streets. Man put I remember hearing man say on our podcast, yo, you're a legend out here in these streets. One of the few man that bust after police. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, where did that get him though? Where did that like there's not no legend, nothing about that. And until we undo that way of thinking, it's gonna be more of the hey. same because even in the States, Alpo, Rich Poor, uh, mm. um, uh, Alpo, Rich Poor, uh, What's the other brother's name? AZ. Uh, Frank. There's enough of them. If you name all these names, these men are legends. I remember always hearing about, uh, Naz used to always rap about that dude. Ah, oh, what is his name? The dude in, in, um, it was, uh, Bucky, Sutton Barnes. Um, Nicky Barnes. Uh, Nicky, Nicky, Nicky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Naz used to always say, yeah, Nicky Barnes. Because these men were just road man in it. Supreme, mm-hmm. look at 50. Yeah. Supreme, Bimmy, E Money Bags. How do I yes. know Roadman in Queens? In it. In it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because black people like people that are willing to take risk. We enjoy people that are gonna do that stuff we see in the movies. Hey, but Mark, Mark, let me let me pause you build right there. There is a slight difference. There's a slight difference because pretty much everyone you've named there. Um, pretty much, I don't know about Alpo, but they not only was on that gangster ship, but they were putting out for at times for the community. So there was block parties that were, you know, what I mean, there were turkeys given out. Manaman was, you know, um, buying properties and say, yeah, man, run that as a as a supermarket kind of thing. Whereas over here, it was just take, take, take. There was still an element of giving back to the community, which they're kind of taking from, in essence. It wasn't, yeah, you're right. It wasn't over here to, when we're talking about locally, it wasn't organized crime. No. So what I mean by that is there was only one dude I knew who was in a gang who kind of tried to organize it. He ended up getting killed. He got killed. Like the one day when I was reasoning with him, the next day he ended up getting killed. And that brother there was talking about organized crime and boom, man's need to... Because if you think about it, the names them man had back in them days, yeah? If they were to have a business head on them, they could have set up like a security company. Exactly, simply. See what I'm saying? Or because when you really check it out and you look at like the Zulus... 